This is episode 598 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Economic Storm Trump Will Be Blamed For Because of Bad Advisors. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Hey, if this is your very first time joining us, I hope you find a lot of value. And then at the end of this podcast episode, you will subscribe and you can do that in all the podcast networks that are out there. Go to your podcast catcher, look up the Prepper Website Podcast, go ahead, subscribe and be a part of the preparedness community. Hey, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Normally, I read an article and kind of just use that and provide a little bit of commentary off of that. This one is going to be a little bit different. I was listening to this article it's from Martin Armstrong and Armstrong Economics. And as I was listening to it, uh, I was using my pocket app uh, to, to listen to it. I was thinking about some other things and thinking about the economy and thinking about that there's some things maybe that preppers could start paying attention to here and now and, and start focusing on maybe where things are going. And so I was really, as far as it comes to economics, right, and the economic, uh, a possible economic collapse or a downturn, spiral downturn, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. And so I thought I'd share some thoughts on this episode about maybe what we could do to help ourselves in an economic downturn. And so I wanted to bounce off of this article and and use that to talk a little bit about our personal finances, our economy, and uh, just just go from there. Now, if you've been paying attention to the news, you've seen some big swings in the economy. You've seen some, you know, really. Uh, as, well, I say economy. I'm meaning Wall Street, right? So I'm talking about the stock market, and really, it's not completely all tied. I mean, there it is tied, but you know, when Wall Street was you know, surging and everybody saying the economy is good. And I got to be careful not to get myself into that same kind of trap because people are looking at the stock market and they're saying the economy is good. Well, what you're experiencing in the stock market and you've seen this, you know, these highs that it just keeps going up and up and up. Well, you're not necessarily feeling that that the economy is so good down on Main Street level, right? You're feeling it. You're starting to see, hey, food is costing more. Things are costing more. If you're buying you know, packages of food, they're either they cost more or the packages are getting smaller. You know, the other day, my wife bought some cookies. I think they were like the Chips Ahoy cookies. And it's very rare that we buy those. But she bought some and I had a couple of them with my coffee in the morning, right? And I just, I realized that they were so much smaller than they have been in the past. She thought they were a little thinner. So they could have been thinner and also smaller, you know, in circumference. But I think that's happening a lot as far as the food that we're buying. And if you're paying attention, you're realizing that. And if you're not, well, then you might be a little surprised if you start to pay attention. But for preppers, one of the big things that we talk about, one of the big topics is situational awareness. And we talk about that all the time 
as we go out, like for instance, I'm going out to the grocery store, I'm going to have situational awareness, I'm going to be watching what other people are, are, are doing, I want to be careful, I tell you know my family members, hey, have good situational awareness when you are going out, you know, don't put, don't bury your head into a cell phone, make sure you're paying attention because thieves and robbers and bad guys are looking for people that are not paying attention to be, to do harm to, right, to steal from and, and uh, take advantage from. So we're talking always about situational awareness and how that's very important. And I think that we can take you know take this uh, time to be situationally aware of what's going on with the economy. Now, I know I've, I've said, okay, so the economy, people are saying the economy is really good. And then we've had these really big swings where uh, all of a sudden you have this big point drop. And you can't base your life in where the economy is on these point drops. But one thing that, that a lot of the economists say is that these big swings are not good. You want a stable stock market, right? You want to be able to see that things are, are going up, but they're going up very, uh, you know, they're, they're going up slightly. They're not having these big wide swings because that just shows instability in the market and instability of what people are doing and how people are reacting and it doesn't take very much for people to start panicking right and so you might not even be in the stock market but you see the nightly news or maybe you see something on social media or whatever oh my gosh the stock market has dropped 700 points and that might give a little flutter to your heart a little bit like okay all right so what's going on here and so I think it's really smart to pay attention to what's going on and to be situationally aware of our economy because here's the thing when you are aware and when you are paying attention you can put options in place you are a prepper you are you believe in being prepared you want to have options you want to be able to have a plan a a plan b you want to be able to know what is going on so that you can make good decisions for yourself and for your family that's one of the things that i always talk about is that your family is counting on you you need to be responsible. So, so many people get themselves in an emergency situation and they look for a bailout. Like some of these companies, right? Remember back in the day when all these companies were getting bailed out and all this kind of stuff? You know, the government, you can't believe that the government is going to be there for you and bail you out. You are responsible for yourself. So when you prepare, when you look ahead and you say, okay, hey, this could possibly happen, this could possibly happen, I need to put this plan in place or I need to be thinking about if this happens, what would I do? You have options just like you have options when you bug out. You have options financially, economically, and you want to be able to do that. So I want to go ahead and go to the article from Martin Armstrong, Armstrong Economics. I want to read, I'm not going to read it all because I don't have permission from Armstrong Economics to read a whole article. Now, I think legally I could do it, but I've always said that I have permission from all the website owners that, you know, when I read their articles, and so I don't have that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with reading a few lines, maybe a paragraph or two from this article. And so, um, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so that you can go and read it yourself. But let's go ahead and just bounce off of this just to kind of put a little bit of context, you know, to where we're going. So again, the title of the article is Economic Storm Trump Will Be Blamed For Because of Bad Advisors. It's from armstrongeconomics.com. So there is a very dark cloud hovering over the world economy 
And at the center of this cloud lies not just Europe, but Germany, the strongest economy holding up all of Europe. The German manufacturing sector is in freefall. Trump will be blamed, calling this the result of his trade war. It is probably too late to get him to even understand that his advisors are old school and completely wrong with respect to trade. Their obsession with currency movements is what they taught back in school during the 1930s. My advice to China, let the yawn float and Trump will quickly see that China has been supporting its currency, not suppressing it. All right, so I want to bounce around here a little bit and uh, I want to go to this paragraph. Manufacturing indicators have deteriorated globally, yet in a very disproportionate manner. Trump will be blamed for this and his badgering the Fed to lower interest rates is also a fool's game. Nobody looks at the elderly who were told to save for retirement and you will lift off the interest. Their house values were undermined in the 2007-2009 New York bankers mortgage back scam that blew up the world economy from which we have been unable to fully recover. The insanity, I'm going to another paragraph, the insanity of those in power knows no boundaries when it comes to stupidity around the world. All they have is interest rates, and after more than 10 years of excessively low to negative interest rates failing to stimulate the economy in Europe, what do they do? They argue that all physical money must be eliminated because people are hoarding cash and thus defeat their lower interest rate policy. The IMF recommends confiscating all cash and then driving interest rates deeply negative to force recovery. Manufacturing has been contracting compared to the service sector, even on a global basis. The financial markets have appeared to be disconnected from the underlying economic trends because capital smells a very big rat. Capital has been shifting towards preservation rather than how much profit it can make today. Even the 10-year, three-month interest rate in the U.S. have tipped into the inverted yield curve, confusing many that this is a sign of impending doom. So let me go ahead and jump to the very last paragraph here. It says, We are facing a very dark financial storm from which there is no escape. There is no advice being given to so many governments to avoid this crisis and waking up next year to this error will be too late. There will be nothing that can be done to put it all back together and live happily ever after. Welcome to the reality we face. At least this will make for a very interesting WEC, and that's one of his uh, conferences that he puts on. Make no mistake about it. They will lay all the blame on Trump and attribute this to his trade rather than finance. So Martin Armstrong has been talking about that, you know, the state or the, the state of the economy, the global economy, we're all tied in together, is has been in a very bad shape. One of the things he says is that as uh, other economies, other nations start to crumble and they start to have financial problems that the money is going to leave those those places where there's issue and it's going to go where there is more confidence. There's going to go where it's going to go where there is more, uh, I guess, trust in you know that economy. So he always says that it's going to wind up leaving Europe at some point and it has been leaving Europe and go and coming to the United States because people have a little bit more trust in our economy and what's going on. But at some point it's all going to start to crumble and we're start to we're going to start feeling, you know, the effects of it. Now, are we talking about, you know, uh, patriots so those of you who are familiar with James Rawls of Survival Blog, 
Patriots.com. And he wrote a book years ago called Patriots, you know, the economic collapse. Is it going to be that, that we go into, you know, the apocalypse and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't think so. I think what we're more likely to happen is we're going to continue to limp along, but things are going to become harder financially. That's what I believe. And so, you know, we're going to get to this point where it's going to cost more to buy our vehicles and buy gas and buy food and pay for services and all of these things. And so where we had maybe some extra money to be able to spend and to put away or to take vacations and and maybe to, you know, be able to buy some nice things or being able to upgrade and all, you know, send our kids to school and all those different kinds of things, we're going to start feeling the pinch. And again, that's why I believe that it's very important that now, while we start seeing this stuff on the horizon, now, granted, I understand, I'm talking to people right now, and you're listening, and you might be saying, Todd, I'm in this crunch already, man. I'm I'm already, like, knee-deep in it. And I completely understand that. I, I look at my finances sometimes, and I'm wondering, I'm like, man, I should have more at the end of the month, right? It's just, you know, things are just more expensive. You think about all the things that you pay for and the things that you just, you need to buy. But I believe that things are going to get worse. Things are going to get, and when I say worse, I mean tighter. I I mean, like, we're going to have to tighten our belts a little bit more. We're going to have to be a little bit more creative. We're going to have to pay attention to what's going on. And so that's why I think that it's very important to right now that you're paying attention and you put some things in place, just like we have plans, you know, for, you know, bug outs and all that other kind of stuff, that we put some plans in for our finances and we start paying attention. I understand things are crazy out there. You know, we work long hours. There's times where I get home and I don't want to do anything else but just sit down on, you know, in my chair and just veg out. I understand that, but you know, we have responsibilities here. So let's go ahead and dive in. I've made some notes. I'm going to just talk about these notes here, just kind of freestyle a little bit of, you know, what I've written and and just provide a little bit of commentary of where maybe my heart is and where my mind is. And hopefully this will help you as you are listening to this. And so here's the first thing that I want to talk about. So I want to talk about your job because your job right now is the major source of income that you have coming in. Unless you have won the lottery, unless you, you know, some uh, rich family member passed away and left you a lot of money, your job is your major source of income right now. And so this is my big question for you. Are you in in an industry where your job is secure? You know, is your job in, in a situation, you know, in a place, in an industry where that it's it's stable right now. And that would be one of those things that I would be looking at, right? Like I would be paying attention to that. Now, for instance, let me use my my own personal job. I live I I work in public education, right? And so I know a lot of you, some of you have ideas on that or and and not, but let me just talk about from my point of reference here. So my school district is pretty physically conservative. They have been, you know, they they look at what's going on in the future and they're able to plan ahead. A while back, you know, our our budgets are created years in advance, right? And so money comes from the state, from the federal government, all that kind of stuff, and it's put into place. So I know that if, in in all reality, if a public education teacher, you know, is, is starting to lose their job, then things are bad in the economy, not just in the school district, but all the way around. But 
let me just say this. So every school district can be a little bit more physically fiscally conservative uh, with with their money. So our our the people that run our finances and stuff like that, they saw that there was going to be some changes in tax rates and different things like that. So they started making adjustments way, you know, years in advance. And so when we felt the crunch, and this probably happened about maybe eight years ago, right? When they felt the crunch, they were able to adjust. And basically what happened was the teachers that were retiring, the teachers that were leaving, they just weren't replaced. And so they were able to make that adjustment where nobody lost their job. Now, there's a school district that's really close by that their people that ran the finances weren't paying attention as 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 ours was, right? And so when the crunch came for them, they were having a lot of issues there. And so it, this was in the news. So those of you that live in Houston and you've been here for a while, you might remember this, but there was uh, times where teachers were being called to the principal's office and they were being told, you might not have a job next year. You know, they were having to cut back really far where there's going to be some deep cuts there. We're going to cut back on teachers. We don't know who's going to stay. We don't know what it's going to look like. And so teachers were going back to their, this is during the school day when, when, when students were there, they were going back to their classrooms and they were crying and the kids were freaking out. The kids were going home and saying, Hey, Miss So-and-so was crying during class and we don't know what's going on. So teachers started inquiring about it and it was a big old thing. I know that talk radio, that was back in the day when I would listen to talk radio. I mean, they were talking about it and and all that kind of stuff right and so they weren't they weren't as prepared as my school district was to be able to weather that storm now think about your job and think about your industry right now what is it like are are people around you concerned what are you hearing like when you you if you work in an office you work in a cubicle okay that's fine but get out and start talking to people out there what are you hearing are you hearing that I don't know. Are y'all losing contracts? Are you know are sales down? Are are there things that are going on that maybe uh, you know your boss? Maybe they're all of a sudden now they're they, they used to be this happy-go-lucky person and then all of a sudden they're uptight and they're worried and they're anxious all the time. And could it be because of the state of the economy or the state of the business and and what that what what's going on there? So start paying attention to what you're hearing. You know, talk to salesmen. If you're in a position where you can talk to salesmen, ask them, hey, how's business doing? You know, have you you got any big contracts lately? Or, you know, what are things like? Now, you might have some that are not going to be honest with you. And I'm talking about salesmen that maybe are in your, your company and maybe salesmen that are coming to you, right? And trying to sell things. So they might not be as honest because they want to make it seem like, hey, things are great. But there's going to be some that you have a relationship with that are going to be very honest. And they're going to say, hey, you know what? Things are really good right now. I've had, I haven't had as good a year as I've had this year. And that could be dependent on what kind of industry you're in. Or they could say, you know what? Things are really tough right now, man. We're barely making it. We're barely scraping by surviving. And I don't know how, how much longer this can go. And that will give you an idea of the industry that you're in and where it's at so that you can start thinking ahead and making some good decisions, right? Has your business slowed down? You know, are, are your bosses talking about, we need to bring in more business. We need to do more things to bring in business and you need to make your quota and you need to do this, right? 
and all these things that are that are starting to happen around you you start to pay attention and so here what i'm saying is here take an honest assessment of where you are because again this is one of the major sources of income for you your major source of income for you and you're dependent on that you're taking care of your your finances your family and so you want to make sure that you take an honest assessment of what is going on here so that you can prepare ahead of time you know and so i think that's a real big thing that you need to be doing right now where you know if you are out there in the workforce thinking about what's going on so let's say maybe things aren't as strong right you're not as you you you're familiar with your industry and you can see that things are maybe waning or maybe things are just kind of limping along maybe one of the things that you can do is see if your business your job if they or your company offers training maybe you can start adding to your abilities and your skills so there's some places that will train you like yeah we will let you do many courses we will let you do many trainings we will send you to training to up your skills you know we will you we have these things that you can learn there's ways that you can do things right um even if your company has like a lynda.com subscription you could get on there and you can start learning things man that's like you know like a, a tutor right there an online tutor and you can start doing those kinds of things maybe they pay for school and maybe th- this is the time it's like you know what maybe i need to buckle down i've been talking about going back to school and learning a trade or learning something different and you know my company will pay for it maybe it's time to go ahead and do that right now and that would make a big big difference maybe it's time to, to to make a change if it's possible to make a change before things happen in a into an industry that would be able to weather an economic downturn so one of the things that i have the privilege of you know for the longest time when i was on the campus i worked in elementary education when i moved to the district office i've been able to sit in meetings with secondary and i'm so amazed at the opportunities that high school students have nowadays to be able to get certifications and certain things right and so it's it's just you know in in trade skills and things like that which would be very beneficial uh, i was talking to a friend who's had a a friend a friend of hers whose son went to a welding school and he is making bukus of money he went to a welding school and he went out to the oil fields and right now he's making a lot of money because they can't find qualified welders now we were in school for so long we kept pushing go to college go to college go to college everybody has college degrees and the college degrees don't mean anything and now you have somebody who can weld and do really well they can make more more than someone with a college degree So one of the meetings that we went to so those of you that maybe have kids and maybe they're 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 in middle school, high school or maybe a kid who just doesn't know what they want to do, maybe this might be an idea. We had someone come talk to us about STEM, right? And so they were talking to us about, you know, technology and engineering and mathematics and and they were talking about all this stuff and it was a um a city it was a school district that smack dab in the middle of a very poverty ridden you know uh, sit uh, you know neighborhoods and stuff like that so one of the things that they did is they went far beyond just educating these kids they started to get them education that would go you know th- that would get them out of poverty and that was one of the big things so they were going to community colleges and getting these kids certificates 
And so they would get a certificate. You could get a certificate in six weeks. And these certificates allowed them to run the machinery that would allow them to work for like a dealership. And so they were making way beyond their minimum wage. They were making more than they would make if they went to, you know, the, uh, a convenience store, or they were working at a liquor store, or working at Walmart, or at a fast food place. So they were making a lot more money than that. But they didn't stop there. They continued to push them to continue and further their education. So after they got their certificate, and I, and after they were making money, they kept pushing them to go to night school. And so they were going to night school, and they graduated with an associate's degree in this whatever. And one of the big things, and so this is why maybe if you have a high school student, you might be interested in this. There's something called mechtronics, and basically what it is is me, uh, mechanical electronics, mechanical engineering. But you come away with an associate's degree, and when you graduate with an associate's degree, at least here in you know in Houston, in Texas. That you are making $60,000 a year. That's more than a first-year teacher that goes to school for four years to, to become a teacher, right? And so that's just with a two-year degree. And you think about it. We keep talking about AI and how AI and computers and robots and are taking jobs and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's going to be people that are needed to take care of those things, right? Take care of the robots when they break down. And so that's one of those things that, that you can do. So that all this, the training that they kept getting these people to, and they've seen such, these kids have such great success to get out of poverty because they've helped them to think through this, right? Beyond just getting that minimum wage job and making two, three, four hundred dollars a week, you know, helping them to earn a living wage. And so maybe you might be in that situation or maybe you have kids, but maybe you might be in that situation. Maybe you're young enough to say, you know what? I'm, I, I'm willing to go spend maybe two years in a community college to get an associate's degree in something like Mechtronics where I could be making $60,000 a year. Now, in where you're at, I don't know if, what $60,000 means, but in Houston, that's, that's decent, right? That's a, that's a living wage. You can earn, uh, you, you can make a living doing that. If a first year teacher is making less than that, you can make a decent living. And that's usually starting out. And so think about it. If you are 30 years old, maybe even 40 years old, and you've just not been able to find the place or 50 years old, 60 years old, I don't, I don't want to put a time limit or an age limit on this because really anybody could, could do this is you go and you give a little bit of your time. And here's the thing. Companies are coming to the college and saying, we want to know your people that are taking these classes. We want to know the people that are graduating so that we have places that we can go ahead and plug them in. So it's very possible that you start school and maybe you have, maybe you're a little bit more seasoned than some kid coming out of high school and a company sees you and like, hey, you know, you got experience in selling, you got experience in dealing with people, you got soft skills. We're going to go ahead and we're going to hire you now because we know that you're going to go ahead and finish off this this degree and we can go ahead and plug you in now. We can train you ourselves, but you know, you're getting this mechtronics degree here. So even if it's an associate's degree. So you have that thing going on. So maybe you're in that position right now where your industry is not very strong, but you can make that jump right now before things get really, really bad, right? And so you can do it. Maybe you need to make a change. So get that training, get those skills, and maybe you need to make that change. Again, maybe everything is great. All right, so I didn't want this to be like a, a, 
a podcast on jobs, right? So let's move on to the next thing here. When we're talking about prepping your family, your finances, and your future for an economic downturn, the next thing I want to talk about is a budget. Now, this is the one, this is one of the most important things that you can do. And it's one of the things that we don't wind up doing because sometimes we don't see the value in it, right? It's like, okay, I see this here. I'm just going to put it in my head. But the problem is, is that if you don't have a budget and you're not telling your money what to do, it's going to go and do whatever it wants. And so what winds up happening is you, you're trying to manage all this money in your head or you're looking at your bank account and you should never just you know, focus on how much money you have just off of your bank account because there's so many things that go into that, right? There's so many, you might have learned the lesson the hard way where you look at your bank account like, well, I've got $50 in there and you write a $45 check or you withdraw $40 and then another fee that hadn't gone through goes through and then all of a sudden you go negative and you start bouncing things, right? And so you don't want to just use that to manage your finances. You need to have a budget to tell your money what to do. There's so many little nickel and dime things that wind up happening that, you know, by the time you know it, you might be spending five, 10, $15 a week on little odds and ends where you don't really realize, you know, that your, your money is going there. But when you have a budget, you can tell it what to do. Now I'm going to link to an article that I wrote a while back that has a spreadsheet connected to it it's a it goes to a google sheet and it's a spreadsheet and the thing that i like about it is that you can you can plug in how much money you're making and you can you can make a copy so i'll give you instructions on how to do all that or you can just download it and you can upload it into excel right you can download a google sheet as an excel document and upload it or you can just print it off whatever you want to do but anyway what i like about the electronic version is you can type in how much money you're making, your salary, how much money is coming in, and then you just you you do the whatever it is, your budget categories, your electricity, your mortgage or your rent or your car payments or whatever it is, your food, and you just net you know put a little negative uh, number in there of how much you're budgeting and it tells you how much you have at the end of the month. And here's the thing, at the end of the month, you don't want to have anything extra. You want to be zeroed out. You want to have your money go somewhere every month, even if that is a savings. I'm like, hey, I've got $10 at the end of the month. Okay, I'm going to put that in savings and that zeroes out. And so this article will explain that a little bit more. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go click on that if you want to go check that out. But one of the important things about a budget is you got to make sure that your spouse is on board. And so, you know, y'all need to be in agreement with your money. And she might not or he might not understand like, hey, you know, why you're doing it. They might not be, have a preparedness mindset. Maybe you can talk about, hey, uh, you know, I see the stock market going up and down. I see groceries costing more money. I think we should be a little bit more proactive about our finances and maybe put away some more money just in case, right? And so that's one thing that you can do that you can talk about. We just want to be financially secure. Maybe you have a friend or maybe you know someone who's had some financial problems and you can kind of bring them into the mix and say, you know, look what happened to so-and-so. We don't want to be in that situation where we maybe we lose our house or, or you know, services get turned off or whatever it might be or they lose their job. 
let's be a little bit more financially independent and grab you know bring them on board and there's a lot of information on the internet i i listened to dave ramsey for a long long time if you never really listened to dave ramsey and his financial peace and his smart money you know information that i think you really need to go listen to him a little bit after a while it's all kind of the same thing over and over and over again but it's very beneficial and so there is help there when there is a spouse who's not on board ways that you can kind of bring them on board and help them to realize hey this is something that's very beneficial for our family for our kids for you know our security here and so having a budget is going to be very very important then you get to this next thing where you start paying down debt because you want to when you have debt and you find you get financially strapped you don't have, I mean, you don't have options. You've got to deal with that debt. But when that debt is not available to you or that debt is not there anymore, then you have a whole lot more options. You can take a lower paying job if you needed to. You could take a little bit more time finding that job that you really wanted if you if you needed to. You don't have that extra stress on top of you. Man, if you've ever stressed about finances, I tell you what, it is not a good stress because it feels like, man, there's nothing else I can do here. You know, I'm doing, I'm working, I'm working hard. It just seems like there's nothing else that I can do here. So get rid of this debt while you can. So pay down your debt and you need to build an emergency fund. So if you have some, if you have a need, a $500 need, a $1,000 need, you're able to just, it's not that big of a deal. You're not freaking out, right? You're not going to the pawn shop and bringing all your jewelry and, and all your guns and all this kind of stuff to be able to find $500 to be able to pay for something that's a necessity. You're not having to go and borrow money from someone. You're not using your credit cards. You're just being, you're, you just pull out your emergency fund and you're like, hey, I've got this. I can take care of this this uh, you know car issue, this auto repair that I need to take care of because I need to be able to have my vehicle to drive to work and drive the kids and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't become this point of stress. So building an emergency fund is very important. And I would suggest that if you can, you build this emergency fund and you keep it kind of close by. So whatever you want to you know do about that and think about that, I, I, I think that that's very important to build, have an emergency fund, have money that you can use when you get, when Murphy comes knocking at your door, right? That's something that Dave Ramsey always says. Murphy likes to knock on the door and he likes to move in. You don't want Murphy moving in. And so when you least need Murphy, he is there. And, you know, when you have money and you're able to take care of things that you need, then it's not that big of a deal. Murphy doesn't seem to be that big of a deal, right? Murphy's law. So anyway, I think that's very important. So the next thing, the next topic that I want to talk about is another big area in your life. This is food. Food costs a lot of money and you need to be able to survive. You need to be able to eat and all that kind of stuff. So when I'm talking about food, I'm not talking about food storage here. I'm talking about making a menu, right? So we talk about food storage all the time. That's not what I want to talk about because here's the scenario, right? You work hard, your spouse works hard, you get home and it's been a very long day. You've got the kids, you got to, you know, there's chores to be done. There's homework to be done. There's, you know, showers and and baths and you got to get the kids ready for bed. And you have all these things that you have to do. And then on top of that, you got to figure out what you're doing for dinner, and what happens is when you are, you know, when when life is stressful like that, 
you go to the path of least resistance and it's so easy to, you know what, I'm just going to go run by fast food or I'm going to order a pizza or I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to just go get something that's really easy. And you can do that, but that winds up being more expensive. And so when you're watching your money, when you're taking care of, you know, you're watching where your funds are going in and out, having a menu takes away all of that kind of stuff so that when you're, when you come home, you're not having to put in the time and the effort and the energy to try to, you know, to remember and figure out what you're going to do. It's like, okay, I can make this but do I have the ingredients or I can make this? Do I have the ingredients? No, I don't. I got to run to the grocery store. So you get home, you're ready to relax, but no, you got to run to the grocery store to buy something for that evening. But if you make a menu and you're able to make a two week menu, or even you're able to make a, a one month menu and you're able to get the ingredients and you have the ingredients at home. So when you get home and you're tired and you're like, Oh, what do we need to eat for dinner? You're able to say, okay, right here on the menu, I have this. And you know you have all those ingredients, so you're able to go to town just making it. So you're not using that mental uh, energy in trying to figure out all that stuff, right? And so, I, you know, if you've ever been in this situation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So making a menu takes all of that and it takes all of that out, you know, all that mental stress and the energy of trying to figure out what you're feeding your family for, for that evening. The other thing is, is that you can prepare meals ahead of time. So let's just say that, you, you know, you're, you're dead tired, but you make this meal and you make more than your family is going to eat. Now, I, I love leftovers. I don't know that there's a lot of people that don't like leftovers though. So what, I mean, when we have leftovers, I just eat them the next day. I'm good with that. Or I take them for lunch. But I know people that make more, you know, they make more food, let's say like on a Monday and then they package up the rest and they put it in the refrigerator on Tuesday. They make another meal and then on Wednesday, they eat the leftovers from what happened on Monday because there's some people that don't like leftovers every single, you know, back to back. And so you can do it that way or you can, you know, get some some kind of container and put it in the freezer and wait another week, right, before you bring that out. So think you can you can plan your menu where you can make a little bit more than you would have normally made and then you're able to use that meal later on or maybe you put it in the freezer. So when you do come home and you're dead tired and you're you're like, "Hey, I'd rather just go out and buy some fast food or order a pizza cuz I'm too tired to stand up and 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 cook this food." Instead, you can just go over to the freezer and say, "Hey, I have this. I just need to defrost it. I need to put it in the oven and warm it up and then kind of go from there." So make those smart financial moves by you know, watching how much money you spend on your food, making menus, being a little bit more proactive on that. Let's jump to one more thing here, services. So in your services, the, you know, the electricity utilities and like electricity and water and different things that are coming into your home, there are some places where you can get you know, some better deal. So for instance, here in Texas, if you live in Texas, there is a website called powertochoose.org. You can type in your zip code and you can find people, you can find companies that have better rates on electricity, right? So you can do that. I don't know, maybe your other states have that as well. And you can save a lot of money. I talk to people that go with the big one, right? So the Houston Texans play at Reliant Stadium. And so Reliant, they charge a lot of money for their electricity. And so if you 
don't know that you can go find other other electricity companies. It's all the same lines. It's just how they purchase their electricity, right? So it's all the same lines, but Reliant just costs you a lot, uh, a whole lot more. I learned my lesson early, early on and uh, found better rates. And so that's one thing that you can do is, is look for better rates for like electricity and, and gas and, and different things like that. Now, here in Texas, where I'm at, gas, there's only one company that offers that. But those of you that live up north or those of you that live maybe in another country, I know we have a lot of people listening from other countries. Maybe you have different options. So call around a little bit. You might be able to secure a better deal on your utilities, on your electricity, on your gas, on your water, on your, you know, whatever you you need to to have to be able to, to bring utilities into your home. Another thing where I you can save a lot, and I saved a lot, is in insurance. So let me tell you this little story here. When my middle son got ready to start driving and I needed to put him on insurance, I was dreading that day because my first son, I, I remember how much my uh, insurance shot up when he got when he was placed on insurance, right? And I'm like, man, I am not looking forward to this because I know how much is going to cost me. So I but I had to do it because I wanted to make sure that we were insured. So I called my agent and let him know, give him all the information. And then he called me back a little bit later on that day. And then he says I got some good news and some bad news. And I'm like, okay, well give it to me. He says the good news is you qualified for a very deep discount. The bad news is that you're only going to be saving, you know, with adding your son, you're only going to be saving $5 a month. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because I just, uh, he said good news and bad news. So I'm like, wait a minute. So I got a deep discount. And the bad news is, is that whatever my bill is right now, that I'm paying $5 more a month. And he said, that's the, he said, yeah. I said, that's bad news. No, that's not bad news. Now I want to make sure, did you add my son? Does this include my middle son being added? And he said, yes. I said, man, that is good news and good news because I was expecting to be paying a a whole lot more money, but because we hadn't had any accidents, but because we had, you know, good, uh, you know, good rates, we paid on time and all that kind of stuff. You know, we got this big discount and it, it saved, it saved me $5 a month on top of adding a young driver, right? And so I would have never known that if I wouldn't have called and started to, you know, to work with him. And so call your insurance agent. If you haven't, you know, called them in the last year and a half, two years, call them up and say, hey, are there any discounts available to me? Is there anything that I can do here that I can save a little bit money on insurance, right? And so maybe you look at deductibles. If you are carrying a big emergency fund, maybe you have $5,000 worth of emergency fund and maybe you can up your insurance deductibles a little bit, right? And you can go ahead and take care of that cost if you really need needed to, because when you go up on your deductibles, you get you save a lot. And there's you know a give and take on all of that, and so you need to look that you know think about your situation and go from there. But there's a lot of things that you can do there. Another place where you can save some money and it doesn't hurt to call your cable company or your internet provider or your cell phone company and say, hey, look, I'm looking to save a little bit of money. Look, I, I, you know, times are tough. The economy is, and you know, I know that Wall Street is supposed to be doing good, but hey, times are tough. I, I'm looking for a better deal and, you know, see what they'll do. A lot of the times they will give you a better deal because they know what it is, what it's like out there. 
And sometimes, you know, it's beneficial to jump to another service provider. Here we have two big service providers when it comes to cable and internet. And it's, it's really crazy and stupid because they bounce off of each other. So one will offer this big deal for, you know, for a year. And then when the year is up, they want to up the prices on you. And so when you call and say, well, wait a minute, you know, I want I want this price still. And they're like, I'm sorry, that was just a year. That was for one year. And then you get a, a, a advertisement in the mail that the, the competitor is doing that same deal. And so you call up that one like, hey, look, this other company is offering me this deal, this really great deal. So can you match it? Now, a lot of the times they used to not match it. They're like, hey, go ahead and jump. I'm sorry, we can't do anything. But nowadays, they might work with you a little bit because they don't want to lose your business. And I'll tell you one of the things with cell phone companies, it's so saturated now. So like Verizon and AT&T and I I don't even, you know, T-Mobile and all the big ones out there, everybody has a cell phone. And so really what it is, is the deals, they're basically stealing people from each other. And so there's always deals out there to be had that you can get from other people, right? And so, uh, you know, just, it doesn't hurt to take a few moments to call around and say, hey, I'm trying to save some money. And, you know, even if it's $5, even if it's $10 a month, what can you do with that when you're talking about doing that $10 a month for a whole year, right? $10 a month for a whole year is $120 that year. What could you do with that? I, I don't know about you, but I can put $120 to good use, right? And so think about think about that, you know, and you might say it's not worth it to be on the phone, but it, you, you never know. It might be well worth it to be on the phone and save some money. All right. So here's the th- here's the deal. I want to go one more one last thing here that I want to talk about before I end it out. And this is the thing, you've got to find ways to bring in extra money. Now, your your job is going to be your major source of income, right? That's your that's your major source of income. There's you know, you can make more money if I mean maybe if you're in your in sales, you can sell, right? But the way that you make more money is by getting a promotion, by jumping to another job, that kind of stuff. But if you find yourself in a place where, okay, I'm in my job and I have this and this is where I'm at and this is where I feel comfortable, then you need to find other ways to make money. Now, again, I understand we get home, we're tired, we want to just veg out. Let me tell you something. There are times, there are days that I do that. This last week for me, we were having a nonstop conference every single day, this humongous conference. I was on my feet every single day and I just, I was worn out when I got home and I just wanted, I just wanted to just lay down and not do anything. And I kind of forced myself to do things for the website and, and other things that I have going on. But let me tell you something. I know what it's like. So you, you're out there and you're like, man, Todd, I just, it, there's so much stuff going on. But if you can find a way to make money in the things that you love, so if there is a hobby that you you love doing out there, right? And you love you love putting things together, you like crafting things, you like making things, then or you or you like working with your hands, you like going out there and just, you know, working out and you know on the weekends you can move things and haul things and whatever, then use that time to make some money. Make some money so that you can add to your finances. Maybe you you're able to pay down debt, maybe you're able to um, you're able to uh, use that for your emergency fund and to build your emergency fund. You're able to use that to add to your preparedness and you're able to build up your food pantry and your, you know, have gear like water, 
you know, ways to purify and filter water and, and all those different kinds of things. That's one thing that you need to do. I think we're in this economy here where we need to find extra ways, extra streams of income to where we can bring those things in. You know, one of the things is maybe you like to write and you can start a website in whatever niche you you live in, right? Maybe you, you're into certain crafts and or horses or whatever it might be. Stop using social media. Stop posting, you know, long articles and long posts on social media. Take that energy and put it into a website where people will come and and you, you never know what that might turn into. I always talk about and the reason I talk about this is because I saw it in my own life where my hobby, the thing that I really felt like I was supposed to do with prepper website I was able to do that and put that out there, but then I realized that I was able to make a little bit of money off of it, and throughout the years, I was able to add to my preparedness because of the website, because of that little micro business that I did, that little side hustle that I had. So what can you do? There is something, I guarantee, I guarantee you something, that there is something that you have, that you do, that you are good at, that you can earn extra money at. And so I I would highly encourage you to do that. Do it with something that you love because then it doesn't become a chore. You're not doing it just for money. You're doing it because you like it and you love it. And at the same time, you're able to make money. Just kind of work at it a little bit. Figure out what that is. That's why I wrote my book, you know, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances, because I truly believe in it. And if you listen to the podcast over the years, you know that I've talked about this many, many times. This is the way to help yourself become a little bit more financially independent, add to your finances, and prepare for your future is to have a microbiz or a side hustle. Besides that, sell some stuff. Have a garage sale. There's so much junk that you have probably in closets and and in your garage that you never use. You haven't touched it in six months, a year, maybe two years, and it's just sitting there collecting dust. Sell it for one or two, three dollars right there on a, in a garage sale and, you know, make a little bit of extra money. So you spend a little bit, you know, a couple of hours on a Saturday morning, you know, putting some things out and you never know. I mean, you're getting rid of junk at the same time. You're able to put a little, a little bit of money away, right? And so I think that is important. So, you know, find ways to earn extra money. This very last thing here as I close out. One of the things I want you to think about is that you might have to be prepared to have people live with you because they are in a financial crunch. Now, in the preparedness community, a lot of the times we talk about when the poop hits the fan, people are not coming over to my house. I'm not, I haven't prepared for them, right? I've prepared for my immediate family. But what if it's not SHTF? Why? What if it's not the end of the world as we know it? We just were in an economic crunch and we have family members who are struggling and they can't, maybe they lose their house and they, they can't make it anymore. And so they, they need to stay somewhere. Are you going to be able to turn them away? Now, I know there's some of you that are like, hey, yeah, I can turn them away. I don't have room. I can't do it. I'm not going to do that. But there's a lot of people that wouldn't turn them away. And so if you are the prepper in the family and no one else is uh, the you know, preps like you and has the same mentality. So I've always said, you know, you might be OK with leaving, you know, grandmother or aunt or cousin or whatever there, you know, uh, far away. But your kids might start giving you the guilt trip and your wife or your husband might be saying, no, no, we can't do that. They're family. And so you're going to have to be dealing with them. So, again, there's that possibility 
that you will be taking care of other people and you need to think that this might be a possibility in an economic downturn that people might need to come stay with you for a little while while they get their feet underneath them again right and so you you have this big talk with them as they come in hey you're not going to be you know sitting around watching Netflix all day long you're not going to be playing video games you're not going to be you know uh, eating Cheetos in your underwear drinking Mountain Dew no if you're going to come and you're going to stay you're going to be helping out with the chores you're going to be doing things you're going to be keeping the house clean you're going to be pounding the pavement till you find a job you're going to be all those different kinds of things that is a non-negotiable and if you don't do those things your butt is out the door but while you're here, your family or, you know, you're a, a, a really close acquaintance, we're going to help you. We're going to take care of you. And I think that is going to be seen a lot. I think people are going to have their kids. And we already know that kids are moving in and staying with parents a lot longer than they had in the past. And the population is getting a lot older. People, older parents are moving in with their with their kids as well, Right. And so I, uh, that happens. My next door neighbor was, and this is, again, I was thinking about their situation as I was thinking through some of this stuff. I was going to bring them up earlier and I just kind of, I didn't write them in my notes, so I forgot, but now I'm remembering here. Um, he was a truck driver and he was, he would do long distance drive. So he would go from Houston and a lot of the times he would travel all the way like to Seattle, Washington, and he would be gone for days. His wife, I mean, they were older, an older couple. His wife was a nurse at the local hospital. I mean, it's just like five minutes down the road, right? And so they they lived in, you know next door to us. They had they made a great living and things were good. Well, she hurt her back, and for I don't know the whole situation, she couldn't work anymore. So she wound up retiring, and so you know living off of whatever retirement she had. And then things started slowing down for him as a truck driver. And, you know, he was starting to get less and less, uh, you know, calls and eventually got to the point where he was having to do little runs here in town because he wasn't getting those long distance runs. And then all of a sudden it all completely dried up for him. And then he had to wind up retiring because they weren't able to pay for their mortgage. They weren't able to live on just the little retirement that they had, their, their little social security and things that they had, or they were starting to eat away at their savings. So his daughter lives in a big home. And so one of the things that they came up with was they sold their house and, you know, they, they made the money on their house and they moved in with her and they were going to be able to help her take care of the little one and, you know, take them to school and, and, you know, cook and clean and all those different kinds of things because they weren't so old that they couldn't do that, but they were going to be helping out. And I think that as we see an economic downturn and the things start getting a lot crazier, we're going to see that. We're going to see maybe parents having to move in with their kids. We're going to see kids having to move in with their parents or stay with their parents a lot longer. Like I said, that's already happening, right? You're going to have multi-families in one household, you know, living and surviving. And, and that takes a lot of creativity. That takes a lot of skill. That takes a lot of patience and peace and, you know, being able to understand this situation and there needs to be things put in place to have everybody sane right and so people don't kill each other and so i think that that might be one of the things that we wind up seeing here in the future if things continue to go downhill and so guys i've given you a lot to think about i want you really i want you to think about you know what would happen if 
things started, this economic downturn, the spiral downturn started to ramp up a little bit more, right? And what, what do you, what would you do? You have time now. You have time to save some money. You have time to make some, some changes. You have time to be able to look, you know, be situationally aware at the economy and think about what you need to do to be able to help yourself, help your family for a better future. And so I hope this has been a benefit to you. If you have any ideas, if you have anything that you'd like to add, I'd love for you to come over to episode 598 over at the Prepper Website Podcast. So really it's thepreparwebsitepodcast.com forward slash EP for episode EP 598. But I make it really easy for you because I put the link in the show notes. And so you can go straight over and leave me a comment or send me an email at todd.sepulveda at prepperwebsite.com and let me know what you think. Is there anything else that you would add? Maybe you find yourself in this situation right now and maybe you have some tips and tricks and things that you can help other people with right now as you are experiencing those things and maybe you've figured some things out maybe you have multi-families living in one household and you're able to share hey this is some this is what has worked for us and this is what has helped us right and again i think that would be i mean that's what we're here for right to be able to learn and be able to grow and be able to help our preparedness and to to learn from each other So guys, that is it for episode 598. I'm going to link to the Martin Armstrong article, you know, in the show notes. Although I didn't read it all, you can go check that out. And uh, I'm going to link to that other article that I talked about uh, where you can get the budget if you want to, you know, link to that budget and uh, you want to, you know, see what that's like for yourself. And maybe you might want to use it. Maybe you want to, you know, use something else, something similar to that. And if you are interested in buying the the micro biz ebook you can buy that as well that's a blessing to me and it might encourage you and give you some ideas of what you can do to help you with you know your own little micro biz or or your, your own little side hustle so that you can make some money on your own well guys like i said that's it for episode 598 hey don't forget to subscribe to the show head on over to the prepper website podcast.com and that way you never miss another episode a sweet prepper goodness and take a moment to connect with me i have a link in the show notes so that you can join the prepper website email list that's a way that i connect with you i share a lot of information sometimes i share information on the email list that i don't share anywhere else and throughout the week if you are looking for more preparedness right there's a lot of great preparedness podcasts out there i would recommend that you just do a little bit of searching out there and find some podcasts out there but if you're looking for more preparedness articles come over to prepperwebsite.com we link to anywhere between 8 to 12 articles every single day uh, you know the best in preparedness as well as we have pages that are specific to alternative news DIY frugal living conspiracy theories you know firearms you name it we've got a lot of great information over there for you and so i have a link in the show notes where you can go straight over to prepper website but it's just prepperwebsite.com And so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.